It's not like we're going to have other planets to conquer, right? The third factor is that uh, we are, are, are getting into a, a shortage of talent. The best agencies, the best professionals out there are going to be more and more expensive. Hello and welcome to the Optimized Store Owner Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Marketing online is just getting harder and harder, and in the future, it's going to be even worse competition, rising cost of ads, etc. is just going to make it really hard. That's why today we're bringing you Valentin Radu, the founder and CEO of OmniConvert. They're on a mission to help you understand what is customer value optimization. This is a customer lifetime value, but how can you make that better? How can you stop spending money on acquisition and actually caring about your customers and providing the best service or best products for them? Stick around. You don't want to miss this episode. All right. Uh, thanks for jumping on to uh, the show. How are you, Valentin? I'm great, man. I'm finishing the day with you, but uh, I'm I'm standing here. I'm excited to to share news and uh, ideas and shortcuts about the e-commerce. Very awesome. cool. Yes, a uh, little bit of time difference. It's like 10 p.m. there and 2 p.m. here. So I appreciate you jumping on this this late in the day for you. So. Before I, I really want to jump into what your software, like what all you guys can do, um, as far as like your software abilities, maybe you can give us a little breakdown of what is OmniConvert, and then we can d- dive into a little bit of what your guys' products are, and then we'll go even more into the e-commerce side of things. I, I know your big focus is uh, like lifetime value uh, of a customer, so we can talk about that a little bit more towards the end. Yeah, let's do that. So uh, OmniConvert, we're uh, we're a 50-people team. Uh, We are uh, strong on helping e-commerce companies make use of their data so that they can grow their companies without putting money into ads to acquire customers that never come back. That's uh, that's in a nutshell. Uh, We have a suite of uh, of products, uh, an A-B testing tool, a survey tool, a customer segmentation tool, and uh, nowadays an NPS tool as well. So our suite of products is helping companies to do uh, to improve acquisition by knowing what's going on, by to improve conversion rate by testing out and personalizing the website, and to retain their customers by understanding who are the best ones uh, to acquire, and of course to to nurture down the line across all the channels that they are using. Are you able to share data across like other platforms? Like, so I just want to like, so whether it's a Facebook ad or Instagram ad or whatever, like you can, uh, can you share the data back to those platforms to like say that somebody came from Facebook and this is the experience that they had, or like maybe you can talk a little bit more in depth of that or uh, that, I guess, line of thinking. Yeah, of course. So what we are, uh, how we are differentiated, uh, 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 against any other CRO tool, for instance, is that we are segmenting the customers according to their recency frequency and monetary values. So many, not all the customers are created equally. You have uh, good customers, you have great customers, and you have toxic customers, let's say. So we are not even 
justifying your customer acquisition costs to to acquire them in the first place. So we empower brands and e-commerce companies to segment their their customers according to RFM. And then based on their uh, RFM scores, we empower them to do pretty much different experiences down the line. So they can... uh, receive them with the, another website experience. They can push this data to uh, run different Facebook ad campaigns or to run lookalike campaigns based on their best customers or based on the customers that bought brand X or Y. They can do uh, a different customer service uh, to them because we also push this data to Gorgias or other help desk solutions. So imagine that you have all this intelligence, you have the database, most brands are not even considering to segment their customers differently because they've been, let's say, trained by the Facebook and Google and all the acquisition uh, narrative to acquire customers and then just to tweak the first part of the customer journey. But uh, there are other parts like conversion and retention as well. And if you nail all the three of them, that's what we call the customer value optimization. And just to... uh think about your your platform not just as the data but you're also offering the solutions right when it comes to the software the software not only gathers the data but you're saying uh, you're also able to help with the solutions right that come from from segmentation and things like that right yeah exactly so besides the software itself so we have the component that's segmenting the customers and then we push this data to email channels to ad channels to customer help desk channels and to the website itself we also have the website personalization uh, uh, engine so mainly we can uh, expect on uh, a customer that was really valuable and hasn't bought from us in the last six months with a different homepage. So we can put on autopilot all these type of scenarios, if this, then that, if this, then that, so that you are relevant. Because at the end of the day, it's not about having a one-size-fits-all approach to all the customers, but to become relevant. If you, if you know that you have a pissed-off customer, why should you send them emails to ask them for a next uh, order from you so all of those things are now uh they can be taken care of with the with our technology and on top of that we have a consulting arm which is uh, helping our customers to make sense of their data and the agencies that are working with our technology to get themselves uh, uh, certified and more knowledgeable about uh, what they should be doing the what, what was it? So the uh, you have like a growth chart, like on the site, it says like flexible pricing as your store grows. What kind of volume, what kind of volume does a site need kind of like as a minimum before they start using a software like yours or, or does it necessarily matter? Yeah. Uh, if you are looking to do A-B testing, you need to have, from my perspective, at least 1,000 orders per, per month so that you can make use of, uh, of your data. So if you don't have uh, uh, the traffic to support, to sustain this type of uh, orders, you, you, uh, there's no use to do A-B testing. On the other hand, if your company is small and you have, uh, let's say, you're just starting out, you could make use of the service because one important thing is to do to, to get to the product market fit phase. And a lot of brands are making this mistake. They start off by pushing ads to products, uh, 
they acquire a few customers. They are not taking care about them. They are not aware if they are happy, if they are not, if they are returning. And they keep on pushing the pedal into the acquisition game. So with the surveys, uh, these are simple to run surveys post-purchase on the thank you page or uh, and after the purchase with the, with the NPS. You'll make sure that your customers are validating that your products are, are the right ones for them. And not only that, you'll be able to, to understand why they bought your products in the first place. Because this type of, uh, let's say, closing the loop is, is not present too much in the e-commerce landscape. So uh, a lot of companies are talking about acquiring customers, tweaking out the CPC, the CTR, the creatives, increasing the ROAS. But it's not only about the first acquisition. It's about the other acquisition down the line. So you can justify a way higher CAC if your CLV is uh, is there and if your payback period so uh, the the time after the first purchase to 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 make up for the ad investment is being justified okay so i think you're touching on something that's really important there and uh, it's actually a conversation we have quite a bit which is what kind of like for those surveys right like I don't know, maybe you can give us an example of like, how long should that survey be? Is it just a one or two question survey? Like, is it like directly after they should have quote unquote, like received the product or is it like much later or is it like immediately? How, mm -hmm. when should they send it? And like, what kind of questions should they ask to kind of close the loop as you said? Yeah. So the first type of survey that I recommend to do is to collect zero party data. So let's say you are selling, uh, I don't know, toys, right? And you might want to understand something about your customers. So you can push a survey to ask your visitors who they are buying these toys for. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? What's the age group? So only by finding these things, it's already much more relevant. And you can direct the customers to landing pages, which you've crafted in advance for boys and for girls, according to these age groups. After you do this, you can tag your customers and you can do remarketing ads for these specific customers because you have the data that they've shared with you to sustain this. So that those ads are going to be way more compelling than your simple ads. Then another type of uh, approach is on the post-purchase. Uh, so once they've uh, bought, if you haven't collected that data in advance, you want to collect those things, right? So you might want to understand on the post-purchase, what's the NPS? So which are the chances for, for, for them to recommend you to a friend? And what almost stopped them from buying uh, for your brand today? This, this simple question has so much, uh, let's say, uh, hidden gems. It can have a lot of hidden gems uh, in it because uh, the customers which were almost there uh, which were there already will share with the brand what almost stopped them from converting. And there are things that you're not aware of as an e-commerce marketer. Uh, and other type of service that you can send is uh, after they receive the, the, the package, you might want to understand things regarding to the uh, customer experience, the shipment, the package integrity, and so on. So those type of questions are to make sure that you've done your job as a company because your job is not to send packages. It's also to make sure that you've sent the right packages to the right customers. Uh, just stepping on that real quickly on the, like getting the feedback, I'm just going more a little bit more granular on that and then we can move on. But uh, do you, uh, do you see people like you already have pre 
formatted like a check yes, check no, or like this is the problem or this is the reason why you didn't do it. Like you should pre-fill that out. Or do you like for people to like manually write in like why they did something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question, Aaron. So what's uh, what's happening is that at the beginning, you will uh, spray and pray. So mainly you will not be aware about why the customers could, uh, what type of problems they have. So you want to use open-ended questions at the beginning until you get, let's say, 100 responses and you understand, okay, most of them are in this category or that category. And after that, you can give uh, them uh, multiple options and the other option as well. So don't forget about the other option because that those uh, prefer, uh, those categories that you filled over there might not be the right ones for all of the customers. And you still want to give them the opportunity to respond without feeling that they need to check something which is not relevant for them. Got it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I, I'm taking some notes there, it's especially... I. I think even for larger brands, right, whether it's small or large, they're just not doing a lot of that, which is uh, super helpful. You, I want to transition a little bit into uh, something that's new for you guys, which is like the course side of things. And is this for more like an agency, or do you think this is more so, or, like, or is it more for the like a, the e-commerce business owner and like somebody internally who learns this and try to implement uh, your guys' strategies there? So maybe you can talk about your your courses and like who that's for. Mm-hmm, sure. So last year we we launched the CVO Academy uh, because we are in this uh, let's say mission to democratize the usage of customer lifetime value. Uh, I've been an e-commerce entrepreneur myself. I've been struggling to acquire customers by paying a lot of money to Google Ads and Facebook Ads as well. And I've been seeing on my own skin how hard it is to make a living as an entrepreneur. So my friends were. Uh, were were laughing at me because they had all these well-paid jobs and uh, I was uh, not there. So because of that, I wanted to share this methodology called CVO methodology. I've been using for my own e-commerce before making the exit and I've been using it for uh, other companies that I've been working with. So then I teamed up with uh, seven other uh, e-commerce thought leaders, uh, book authors and uh, professors and practitioners as well in various fields. So this, uh, this academy has around 20 hours of, uh, of content and it takes you from the initial uh, product market fit, understanding who is your customer, how an e-commerce grows. It, uh, we, I'm sharing with the, everyone what's the e-commerce growth formula, what kind of levers do you have, how to uh, then run customer experience, how to run email, how to run ads, how to acquire the right customers with Dennis Yu, which is uh, one of the best Facebook uh, ads uh, expert, mm-hmm. experts out there. And with the, then we have Chase Demand on the email side of things. A lot of, uh, let's say, uh, experts in this e-commerce game, which are sharing the whole how the whole customer journey should, should look like. And the course is for anyone that wants either to understand what's going on with the e-commerce from a, uh, from, from a strategy point of view and then to apply this kind of tactics. So it's also for client-side marketers, let's say, and e-commerce owners, and also for, for agencies. For the agencies, we have... Uh, 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 a larger program. So we are teaming up with, let's say, data-driven uh, agencies. Uh, and besides this certification and besides this uh, CVO Academy, we have a program around 
how to provide data-driven CVO services, even though you are, uh, let's say, providing a PPC or email, or even if you are on the creative side of things, how to start with the end in mind, how to make sure that you have long-lasting customers because you care about their business. And to be honest, few are the e-commerce uh, people which really understand how their own business uh, works. And there are agencies out there that know the e-commerce game even better than uh, the, than them. And I think the these boundaries, let's say, this uh, siloed approach where you are an email marketing agency, you don't have to mess with the data, these are going to be obsolete in a few years. So if you're an agency, you, make, you, you need to make sure that your customer is thriving. And in order to make sure that your customer is thriving, you don't need to report only things like CTR and operate. You need to make sure that the customer is profitable. And in order to make sure that your customer is profitable, you need this uh, uh, ratio between customer lifetime value, how much it gets from a customer that you help them acquire, and customer acquisition cost, how much it pays for that customer to, to, to get acquired. And once you know that, you're, you're there. I mean, any e-commerce uh, company wants an agency that it's data-driven and and I guess that's that's uh, what's going on with our with our academy. We have around 400 students, and uh, we teach them how to make e-commerce the right way. Very cool. And for that course, is there? It's just uh, you have lifetime access to all the the videos, and it's being updated. Or what's the like once you purchase? Like what's kind of the the follow through on that? Yeah, it's uh, it's an. Uh, uh, it's a vivid course. You have access once you once you get access, you will have uh, uh, access for the lifetime. We are updating all the all, all the modules of there are there. We also have a free course for the ones which are just uh, at the beginning stage of things. So they just want to nail down the essential. They don't want to go really deep. And uh, we are adding new instructors, professors uh, every every month this uh, this year. So we we have things like uh, customer behavior. We have uh, the chief strategist uh, from uh, from Google, the chief measurement strategist from Google, which is going to make an advanced course. So we have for various uh, levels of uh, of knowledge. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15-minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training. Very cool. Yeah, we definitely will link that up into the show notes. And you mentioned on something that was that was pretty interesting for that um, the client or the customer lifetime value. What is I don't know. Do you have general rules of thumb of like you know the average person needs to purchase you know x amount of times before like their mm -hmm. customer value reaches a certain number, or that you know that they're going to shop with you for life or anything? Like, is there just some general numbers or like information you can share with us about that? Yeah. So. Uh Depending on the vertical, uh, you might want to look at the thing called the purchase frequency. So how many orders per customers are being placed on average? You might want to look at the average days between the transactions. So that's the purchase cycle. How many days are, are passing between the first order and the second order and so on. And of course, uh, you want to look at the CAC payback period, like when you are breaking even after, if you pay $20 to acquire a customer, 
when you're gonna get margin in in uh, in amount of twenty dollars so that you make up for for that investment. And last but not the least is the total customer lifetime value. So how much you are getting from that customer? According to different industries, you need to get. Uh, on the safe side of things. And that's why we've built a benchmark based on uh, the more than 2000 customers, which are pushing data, 2000 e-commerce websites, which are pushing data to our, to our system. And you can see over there, all these metrics, like you can see what should be the customer lifetime value if you're selling toys and you are from the US. What should be the customer lifetime value? What would be the purchase frequency if we are selling, let's say home and deco things, or if you're selling uh, food, beverages, nutrition, because once you know all of these benchmarks, you'll be able in a better position to understand if you are falling below the line, below the average or uh, above the average. And uh, it's all a matter of uh, habit forming. At the end of the day, that's all about. If your purchase frequency is higher, then you should be obsessed about habit forming. If you are selling mattresses, for instance, then the purchase cycle is pretty long. So it's uh, more than six years. So that means your, your game is not in the customer retention, but is in the customer acquisition. So according to that, you'll, uh, the, the whole idea is to do the right thing at the right time. So mm -hmm. if you're a brand that has a high purchase frequency, you need to be obsessed about customer lifetime value from the very beginning. If you're if you're selling a brand like I've said, mattresses or whatever, wedding rings, hopefully, then the idea is to have a, a pretty long uh, purchase uh, cycle. Where did so you were saying that where would somebody go to find that? Like, where well, you guys have already collected the data of that, you have thousands of people at that point, right? Because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very interested, very curious. Uh, the a lot of the customers where we, we work with are um, almost exclusively anyway are clothing stores. And their frequency for purchases is, you know, a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So that lifetime value is a really important number. It costs more on the front end, but like over the period of time, it's it's even more valuable. So I'm wondering, like, you have access to that, or what what should we be doing to kind of get some industry standards or or numbers to try to figure those, the you know, our base point of where we should go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, this is publicly available on our website. It's slash customer lifetime value e-commerce benchmark. You can add it uh, in the show notes. So mainly you can see there all these uh, type of metrics so that you can compare uh, yourself or you can compare the, the website that you're focusing on to other ones, other peers from their industry. Very cool. Yeah, I'll get the um, specific link and make sure that is in the show notes. That's a, I mean, that's an amazing tool to just add in general. Uh, I think that's a reason why you guys are so successful with this. But yeah, it's just it's thinking about things that are, I don't know. I feel like this is a uh, the untouched area of selling online, and it's probably only going to grow, just in my opinion, because the cost for ads, the cost for everything else, are going to go up. So they have to figure out a way to increase profit, and that's where where you guys stand in. Is that is that right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the main uh, the the main concern of many e-commerce companies. Aaron, uh, I was looking at uh, at their ROAS and the marketing efficiency ratio and the balance between the customer lifetime value and CAC for uh, for a few companies at the end of the year, and the 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 situation is not pink at all. So we we had one customer that got their ROAS from twelve x to two x uh, from January to December. So mainly they need to do something about it and uh, that's uh, that what i think is going to happen in the future uh, this uh, this game is not going to become easier for for e-commerce companies because of three main factors 
One is the customer ads are more expensive than they ever been. Uh, two is the, the the fact that there is more competition out there. So there are uh, from built with 44% of all the e-commerce websites, which were live in December, were being launched in the last uh, 12 months. So that means the, the market is, uh, is not like we're going to have other planets to conquer, right? So the customers are, are there and more competitors. That means uh, higher, higher customer acquisition costs. And uh, the third factor is that uh, we are, are, are getting into a, a shortage of talent. So agent, the, the, the best agencies, the best professionals out there are going to be more and more expensive. And it's not like the, there are uh, strong universities that have education programs to, to release a lot of experts out there. Most of the uh, universities are, are giving outdated info. And uh, if you're not practicing these things, it's like what we know right now in one year is going to be obsolete. So mainly that, that's why I think the, the, the market will change towards, towards this. And uh, the, the agency game is changing as well. There are, uh, there, there are the narrow-minded, let's say, agencies, which are saying we are doing only this. And there are the, uh, let's say, syndicated agencies which, hey, I know this agency does a very good job on the creative side of things. We are not doing it, but we've worked with this agency. So this type of uh, uh, syndicated agencies are going to be the future because uh, at the end of the day, you want to have a thriving business to work with. You don't want to hit and run, right? The agency game, in the agency game to thrive, you need customers for lifetime. I mean, I've been looking at my our own data. We had customers since we've launched our own consulting arm for five years in a row. So your churn as an agency should be less than two percent in order to 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 thrive. Um, Valentin, I'm curious about maybe some of the. You guys have a lot of case studies and a lot of really good information, but um, I didn't know if you had maybe a favorite or maybe one of your best uh, case studies out there, maybe some of the best companies that you worked with, um, you know, how did they come in? Uh, what problems did they actually have and how were you able to, to help them? And maybe there was like one or two things that uh, it was like the, the aha moments for them uh, when they started working with you. Yeah, of course. So we, we work with a company uh, that, that sticks to my head because it was one of the first, uh, the, the, the guinea pig, right? The, the ones that said yes to, to our crazy, crazy approach. So we were working with a company, which is one of the largest shoe retailers here in uh, uh, Central and Eastern Europe. And uh, they had a lot of competition. They, they were pouring some 2 million in uh, TV ads. And so mainly they, they had a lot of uh, uh, things that they were looking at the same time. However, they were uh, bleeding money because the competition got uh, got better over there. So they we were they were using our technology and we were helping them to increase the conversion rate and at some point they reached a plateau. So there was nothing else to do after 3 years in a row tweaking the UX, tweaking the messaging and whatever, it was not justifying the effort to to run out the experiments and so on. So we made this deep diving into their data and we've used the RFM segmentation. So we looked at their, the customers that bought most recently, most frequently, and their monetary value. After that, we wondered, okay, but what are the products that are 
giving them a higher chance to, to, to have a high customer lifetime value. And from where are those customers coming? So what they are buying, what brands uh, they are buying, what category of products, are they buying boots? Are they buying uh, uh, slippers? Whatever, what they are buying. And then from which kind of uh, cities they are coming. And after realizing what's going on, uh, the, the, the data showed that their most loyal customers were coming from smaller cities. And the, the reason why was that they haven't got these huge shopping malls to, to buy all the brands that you can imagine out there. Mm-hmm. So after that, they shifted their acquisition game towards smaller cities where, by the way, the competition was less than it was in the, uh, in the higher cities. After that, they've, they've started to do email nurturing campaigns according to each of these RFM groups. Because with the RFM, they ended up having uh, soulmates, as we call them, like the best customers, the ones that buy over and over again. They have a high customer lifetime value and you, you don't pay anything for them to come back. So they are being, let's say, uh, trained into buying from your brand. And then you have ex-lovers, customers that used to buy, but they stopped. And so mainly they've done this type of research. They've understood which are the issues on their customer journey. They fix the issues and uh, it's a large company. They increase their customer lifetime value by 30%. So that means they've, they've got uh, 40 more cents on the dollar after doing this uh, CVO methodology. So that was our initial case study. We, we made that and then we've said, okay, we need to go on that route because that's, that's the future. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's not about going into the red ocean where everyone is, uh, is going into the customer acquisition game, but you need to, to play the acquisition game smarter to acquire the right customers with the right products. So powerful. And uh, just kind of like the last question here to kind of wrap up. I know we could probably talk for, for hours here. We may have to have you on a second time as, as we've updated and hopefully people implement here. How exactly, so like the, they come to the site, you collect that data, whether it's a phone number, email, whatever, then it's segmented on your guys' software. And then like it just, say, let's just say it pulls into a nice little like Excel file or whatever. Then we can just upload that to Google or to Facebook or TikTok and run ads to them. Is that, it's in a nutshell, I don't want to oversimplify it, but in a nutshell, like, is that how that process would work? Yeah, it's even easier than that, Aaron. So okay. they, they place our, our JavaScript on their website. They push the data from Shopify or from Magento or from whatever to, to our system. And uh, then we we build these segments. They they build these segments automatically on on the the software. And all they need to do is to give them some names and to sync them with uh, Facebook, with uh, Instagram, with uh, Klaviyo, or whatever they are using, so that they can make more relevant ad campaigns, email campaigns, or have more relevant websites. So this is not requiring any kind of downloading or uploading or it, it's all running in on the back end. Okay. Uh, okay. Then my next question to this point is, let's say this, um, it, do you have like a minimum amount of money that somebody makes per month? Let's just say, again, I'm more so they're the closing side, a minimum amount of money that somebody's uh, making per month for revenue, then it makes sense, right? Is this like a, if you're making mm-hmm. $10,000 or less, it doesn't really make sense. But once you start to make like 100000 then it's like, okay, yeah. you could be adding in, you know, an extra $10,000 per month or whatever, like, um, maybe you can give an idea. Cause I know that some people listen are, are obviously on different, uh, varying degrees of, of revenue here. So I just want to give an idea so that, 
uh, yeah. we can have something to go off of. So there are two things that you can guide yourself from. One is, as you've said, the, the, the number of customers or the total annual revenue. So if your turnover is north of $1 million per, per year, you can surely make more money by, by using this approach. And the beauty of it is that once you set it, you forget about it. You just tweak some campaigns. And for an email agency or for a PPC agency, that's, that's gold because you, you have more data to play with and you have more uh, compelling uh, campaigns to, to run. Uh, the, other, uh, the other sign that you should be doing this is what is the total uh, revenue from returning customers. So if it's more than 30%, so if you get more than 30% from returning customers, it's clear that you're already there and you should be tweaking this because most of the companies are getting, uh, it's the Pareto principle, right? So you get a lot from, from uh, a few customers. So 20% of your customers generate 80% of your of your revenue. So when you pass 30% of the revenue coming from returning customers, it's clear that you should be optimizing customer lifetime value. You should be researching on your existing customers to improve the acquisition because it's uh, it's too expensive to advertise to the wrong people. Um, yeah, amen to that one. Uh Awesome. Uh, I we have a, a full page of notes here, and I wanted I will link everything. And once we talk offline, I'll just get make sure that we have all the links uh, correctly. But um, is there is there anywhere else that we should send people besides uh, the couple of sites that you mentioned, and then just going over to OmniConvert and just I mean just browsing around the site? You guys have so much uh, so many valuable pieces of information there. But is there anywhere else we should send them, or um, how can they connect with you? Yeah, I'm a LinkedIn person. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm posting every every day for three years. That's my pledge and I'm continuing it. And also you can uh, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. Even though I'm uh, running this, uh, this company, uh, I'm... Uh, I'm also writing this, uh, this newsletter because uh, it's all about uh, sharing knowledge. So I'm, uh, I'm a teacher uh, disguised into an entrepreneur. So I love teaching. I love sharing the shortcuts that I found because I've been struggling like, uh, like maybe you are uh, that, you, that we, you're listening right now. Awesome. Thank you so much. And this was a super value-packed episode. Uh, I know people are going to get a lot out of this. So we appreciate your time. Thank you, Valentin. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, thanks Christian. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at Bitbraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.